The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish. Welcome to the premiere installment of Rebound Radio. I'm Alex Clancy in studio with the aforementioned Matt's Matt Fish. Matty Fish. i got to come up with a nickname for you. <laughs> but I think Matt Fish will work for right now. Matt, are you excited as, as I am? I am excited. This is exciting to get out here and uh, get this thing rolling. I've been, uh, as you know, working on this for some time. And uh, these stories need to be shared. No, I agree. And I, I first want to thank you for uh, taking me on this journey with you. We met a couple weeks ago and... Uh, Instant rapport was built, and I think this is going to be really fun. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're first uh, first going to touch on what Rebound Magazine, what Rebound Radio is all about, the foundation, the mission statement, if you will. We're going to talk about the National Basketball Retired Players Association, which will now be referred to as the NBRPA. I have it rolling off the tongue finally. Mm. It took me a couple weeks, but there's a lot of great stuff going on behind the scenes for players that have since retired but are still a major part of the NBA and its background. And then we'll obviously cover everything that's going on in the NBA playoffs. Uh, It's been somewhat of a yawn so far for the majority of it. However, Hmm. we have some very, very intriguing matchups that might happen in the second round, if not some potential upsets that we'll touch on uh, in the first round too. So Matt, I'm going to give the stage to you. Tell everybody who doesn't know about Rebound Magazine, about the NBRPA, tell everybody out there what it's all about. Sure, I will. Hey, thank you. And, you know, if, if you can think of stuff that you think the audience would like to hear about, just just join, join in let me know. Um, the National Basketball Retired Players Association in 1992 uh, was formed. Um, and really the idea from the beginning was a fraternity, just guys getting together and talking about, you know, the game itself. And it's really morphed into something so much more. You know, this is our 25th year. We're going into the 25th year. And five years ago, I thought we were missing out on something. And I felt we were missing out on the fact that some of these guys weren't, their stories weren't told. And here and again, folks are passing away and their stories go away forever. So, you know, I, I went over to uh, the NBRPA and sat down with the guys and said, hey, you know what? These guys need some sort of a platform, some sort of an opportunity to reach out, tell their story, tell about uh, what it took to get to the top, you know, all the trials and tribulations, and wh- what have you done since then, and, and who mentored you, and who mentored, you know, who do you mentor now, and let's, let's discuss about some of the wonderful things that you're doing in the community, and so on and so forth, and, you know, down in Orlando, you, they unanimously voted for it at the All-Star Game in, in Orlando, the board of directors did at the NBRPA for Rebound Magazine, but I knew Rebound was so much more than just a magazine. It's that platform that I discussed earlier. It is that opportunity to really reach out, to, to have the members themselves own their own message. 
And who gets the who gets rebound radio? Is it sent out to a specific group? Is it only the retired player? Does everybody in the NBA get it? Now the rebound magazine, it's going out to the members of the NBRPA, and they exist of current and former NBA, WNBA, Harlem Globetrotter, and former NBA, ABA players are also factored in. So the magazine goes out to them. It also goes out to the variety of events that's put on by the NBRPA. Every year there's an annual thing called the Legends World Sports Conference, and this year it's July 17th through the 19th at Mandalay Bay up in Vegas. We have the All-Star Game every year that we're involved with, and rebounds there front and center, as well as the Legends Fantasy Weekend, which is out at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and it really honors the players themselves as well, and uh, uh, rebounds there. And I'm just happy to be able to do this for so long, and now moving it into Rebound TV and Rebound Radio is further reaching. You know, these stories, you know, they, they should just get out there. They should, the people need to hear these stories, because every time I have an interview and every time I talk to these guys, I learn something new. You know, there's the history of the game and how it's changed over the years, and the players have come and gone, and some they've never heard of before. And these guys, uh, they need to be heard from again. Having to remind those current fans of the players before LeBron James. Believe it or not, <laughs> there were players before LeBron James. I believe it. Yeah. Oh, so it's been, to me, a fun ride, and I, I, I've enjoyed the journey, and it just continues to ramp up. Great. And we're talking with Matt Fish, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, the premiere episode of Rebound Radio on Voice America Radio. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of great things coming up in the upcoming weeks. We'll gonna, we will be getting guests uh, pretty much once a week, former NBA players, mm-hmm. to tell about what Matt talked about, their rise to fame, what they're doing now, what charities they're involved with, and their overall perspective on the game now and mm-hmm. the game today because we do want to keep – this current, even though we're talking about retired players, they all have their own stance on how the game is going today. And, you know, it'll be really interesting to get the perspective of people that have played in the 70s, 80s, you know, the 80s and 90s. That's a really interesting dynamic right there. 80s and 90s, before all the money, which, you know, you're probably shaking your fist at, before all this <laughs> balloon money, all the $100 million contracts mm. to players that, you know, maybe weren't as good as the guys that were making $1 or $2 million a year in the 80s and 90s, but inflation's a beautiful thing. So, Getting back to the getting back to rebound and the NBRPA, what are some things that the NBRPA does for previous players that people might not know about? Is there financial stuff? Is there uh, psychological and and, uh, and physical health managers? Tell me some more stuff about it. Absolutely, they have a variety of different ways and programs that help the former players. You're right about financial literacy. They assist in taking a look at your portfolio or even build one for you. Take a look at where you're at in your life, and they do this stuff pro bono. These guys didn't have this assistance before, so it's good to have it now. They've run into some issues over the years. They run into some walls. They've had agents. They've had people that maybe ripped them off. So the hardest thing is is trying to get those guys to uh, – these guys need to tear down the walls a little bit sometimes. They need to, hey, man, and start trusting in somebody. But you got to build that rapport, and, and, and they've done that with the MBRPA. They know that they're there to help you. I know that there's other things that they help out with. There's hospital for special surgery as well. They also have scholarships available. Uh, if you didn't get your degree and you want to go back and get your degree, they have that available for you, which is very nice. We had five people take advantage of that, another five sign up. So that program's off and running. There's a mental and physical health aspect as well. Um, Kiva Recovery helps with drug and alcohol addiction. You know, there's all, a lot of different things. There's religion, there's, you know, race, there's you name it. These guys are there to help however it is, and if there's an area that they haven't got covered, well, then they're out busy looking for it 
to make sure that they can cover the whole person uh, from top to bottom. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting because we we talk about not to talk about the NFL, but we we allude to it in the fact that people are having so many issues after playing the game. This NBRPA has been so helpful, I'm sure, to so many players that need an outlet, that need you know the brotherhood to not disband after you take the jersey off, after the money's made, after the TV and and, and endorsements are gone. You know, and it's it, it's a beautiful thing to hear from you. Because you're a spokesperson for the state of Arizona, for the mm-hmm. NBRPA, mm-hmm. and what's the title? President, spokesperson. I say spokesperson, but that's <laughs> not right. Well, it's president of the Phoenix chapter, a go. nonprofit 501c3, making a difference here in the community, uh, using the stage of former professional athletes in WNBA, making that difference in the community. And that's what we're all about. I brought Rebound, uh, and my model is by a player, about the players and for the players and fans. And that's exactly what it's at. We need a stage to be able to control our own message. We don't need someone else out there telling us what, who we are and you know what we're about. We should be able to say it from our own mouths. And so that's important to me to be able to, we have a stage so we can talk about it. Yeah, and that's exactly what former players need. And people that, that want to reach out and want to do good things in the community and, and do good things for themselves afterwards too, set themselves up for the rest of their lives because... People don't play for 30 years in the NBA. You have an afterlife that a lot of people don't think about because they often, we talked about this and I used the word very gingerly or the phrase very gingerly, kind of get tossed away after, you know, after fantasy basketball is over, after your favorite team, after your, the best player is gone. You think about them, you allude to them uh, when you're talking about current players, but the worth for players seems to dissipate when it really shouldn't. And that's what's the, the livelihood of the NBRPA and, and rebound as a whole. And I really appreciate what you're doing because I told you, first thing I told you when we met was basketball has been my favorite sport since I was three years old. Mm-hmm. I played, I tried to shoot the ball right-handed. My dad's like, try it with your left because you look like an idiot shooting with your right hand. <laughs> and after that, I've been a lefty. You're a lefty, yep. correct? Yep. And, we, and the bond was built. And this <laughs> is a beautiful thing. You are able to be the spokesperson for a major city in the United States about with all of the former NBA players and it's it's a beautiful thing what you're doing. So let, let me say that first off. Well, thank you. These guys need a voice. Uh, they do feel like they've been had their tires kicked and then kind of left out in the wind. Imagine your entire career going after you know the pinnacle of your sport and what it takes just to get there your whole life. And once you get there and, and you've been what you are, you've been on the stage, you've been you know cheered. These guys, you know, they've they've been put on a pedestal, and then all of a sudden the basketball stops bouncing. So now what do I do? And I tell you, I went through it. I know a lot of them do. You went through depression. You know, what do I do? How do I, how do I get back into just the game? You just feel like you're left out flying in the wind often. And so really that's the idea behind the NBRPA. And, and beyond that, I'm here to help. You know, and I, it's taken me years to edify uh, my own players and their fraternity that I'm with. But it's nice because they turn to me and say, Fish, you were there. You know what it was like. You know, so thanks, man. You know, I appreciate what you're doing. So I, I feel like I'm starting to get some love that way, too. Well, and that's fantastic. And tell me about Rebound Magazine a little bit more. So there's there are interviews with, with uh, former players yes. that are part of the NBRPA and not 
Yes. Both? Okay, and, and what else? What else makes up Rebound Magazine? Well, we have, of course, the WNBA. We have the Harlem Globetrotters. And I said earlier, the ABA, so the older gentlemen. So really, it's just encompassing former professional athletes, you know, and making sure that they have uh, the ability to transition from the days of playing until the days after. But Rebound gives them a stage to talk, to tell about their stories. And that's what I try to do. I'm dragging the stories out of these guys. How was it? You know, who mentored you? You know, uh, how are you mentoring back? Uh, all of them have these issues they ran into, you know, and think about this. After they're done playing, the person that didn't reach the pinnacle of their sport, they may be 10 years ahead of you when it comes to uh, the business that you might want to get into. So now you're trying to find your way to catch up. So now you're playing catch up, you know, for these guys who've already put their time in. So for these guys who are done playing, you know, they need this. They need they need the outreach. They need the fraternizing fraternizing with one another. They also need the fact that, uh, you know, someone cares about them still. You know, someone's there to help them in a variety of different ways. And if they take advantage of the programs and, that are available, you know, they, it can help in almost any way. And if there aren't then we'll find a way to help them in that area. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's great. That's a great mission statement. That's a great foundation. With regards to going back to school, which is, which is an intriguing topic because a lot of these guys, you know, older guys, I'm sure, played three or four years in college yeah. and, and went to school, you know, went to school for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, not so much. Mm-hmm. But going back to school and being able to get your degree in something and get it, making a, a second career out, out of it has got to be invaluable. Yeah, no question. I mean, if you didn't have that, there'd just be even more and more uh, spiral downward, you know, actions. And we can't have that. You know, these guys have done so much for the the game, for the communities, you know, even when they were playing, that they still have that uh, desire to go out and make that difference. And unless you give them that opportunity, you know, they're just going to fade away. And I hate to see that happen, man. Every generation that comes along, you know, more and more people are forgotten. And that we can't have that. You know, it's so few make it to the pinnacle of their sport. There's just so so few, you know, 0.01% make it, you know, and they well, then when you're done, there's still value there, a lot of value there. And people need to realize that. And these guys who are former players need to realize that, you know, and sometimes they feel that they've, they, they aren't worth anything anymore, but that's so far from the truth. Right. And they're, they're not alone, which they're is, not. which is the main thing. And, and I think, and just a little side note, you have to have at least 12 screw looses to be a head coach or to try and coach in the NBA. So I understand why not more. Uh, uh, former players try to coach because you have to be nuts. True. And when you think about those that don't have to worry about much after, there's only a few. You can look at the Charles Barkleys. You can look at these guys who still have a big name for themselves, you know, but there's so few and far between. There's so many more that even they had really lustrous careers. Suddenly it's over. Suddenly it's like, what's next? Some have left early without their education. I mean, I was lucky enough to get mine and then continue some of my education. So, you know, I understood education was important. So some of these others are realizing it a little later. doesn't mean that they can't go ahead and get their education. And some are getting them in their 50s and 60s. It's great. Yeah, and you can tell the passion here in, in the room. I, I feel a kumbaya moment coming up. We have, we have, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff that we will continue to talk about with Rebound Radio and such. And you can follow Matt Fish at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Yes, Rebound Talk. Rebound Talk. Yep. Okay, and follow me at Clancy's Corner, uh, 888-346-9144. If you ever want to call on the show, ask questions to Matt, ask about the NBRPA, ask about the current state of the NBA, NBA playoffs and the five blowouts that happened in the first two days of the playoffs. If there's going to be any sort of restructuring of the playoff format due to the insane uh, polarization of talent with, with teams, and we're, we're witnessing maybe a changing of of the whole stature of the NBA with Adam Silver being in his first full year as mm-hmm. commissioner, first year and a half, and 
it'll be really interesting to see the texture of the NBA as we move on in for the next decade or so. So we have a couple segments to go, and we have a lot to talk about. We're going to cover the Western Conference playoffs. We're going to cover the Eastern Conference playoffs. And in the last segment, Matt Fish and I will discuss our finals <laughs> predictions. And boy, they could not be more different because we we teased a little bit uh, in, in our in our pre-show uh, in our pre-show meeting. So stay tuned for that as well. Again, Rebound Radio. We will be here every Thursday, three to four p.m. Pacific Standard Time, mm-hmm. and. We will get better and better. We will have fantastic guests. We will have might have some prizes to give away a couple mm-hmm. months down the road. We're going to have a lot to offer here on Voice America Radio. And with the NBRPA and with Matt Fish and with Rebound Magazine, there's so many things to be excited about for the upcoming years, upcoming weeks, upcoming months. If you're a retired basketball player, if you're playing in the NBA now, if you're a fan of the NBA, there are so many things that we're going to be able to talk about. And Matt, before we go to break, I want you to touch on one more time about the psychological aspect the NBRPA can offer to these players because it's something that's swept under the rug a lot. Yeah. And it's something that you're looked at as weak if you have psychological issues, quote-unquote, when you just might need to talk to somebody about the crap that went on in your life uh-huh. and about how you're undervalued with your team or undervalued after you played. we got a couple minutes. Matt, give, give me a brief rundown. Well, I tell you, you know, each person has their own uh, issues and needs, and they vary uh, quite a bit, but at the same time, they're all the same. It's so interesting. It's not just basketball. It's all sports. You know, when you're done, it, it, what do I do? And, and, and there's that need for uh, setting back uh, – understanding what the next uh, thing in life is. And, and a lot of people don't know what that is. So helping them find out what their passions are, that's, that's key. I think if you are really passionate about something, then we'll find you a way to work in that area. You know, and if it's basketball, like a lot of these people are, then basketball it is and it should be because you've been able to prove that you basketball is what you do know. But it goes beyond that. I have a lot of friends who I play ball with who are now in insurance and, you know, selling houses and there's just a variety of different uh, interesting uh, paths of life that they've taken. Um, but all of them have gone through, you know, this whole am I worthless thing, and uh, they're not. And, and, and really, there's people out there that are willing to help. Uh, I believe I've shared with them, and I think they're starting to get it through their thick skulls that I am somebody that they can lean on. You know, I'll find a way to help you out, um, no doubt about it. Um, I'm here, uh, you know, I've got a master's in education. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy giving back. You know, I, I, I've taught special education where I help the uh, uh, special education students transition from the you know, getting ready for life after high school. Well, same thing here with these guys. You know, get ready for life after the basketball stop bouncing. You know, we know you have some needs and we're here to help. And so the NBRPA has, has filled some of those gaps and uh, I'm here to continue to help that. That whole mission. And there is not a better person to talk about Rebound Radio, NBRPA, Rebound Magazine, as Matt Fish, my co-host today. He's – we are – this is going to be good. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the NBA Western Conference playoffs, yep. 888-346-9144. Call us Voice America Radio. So much more to talk about right here on Rebound Radio. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
Racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Rebound Radio, premier show. <laughs> uh, it's going pretty well so far. What do you think? Oh, I love it. This yeah. is fun. Yeah, it's good. So we just ran down, went down everything pertinent in the world of National Basketball Retired Players Association, Rebound Magazine, and the new Rebound Radio. A couple breaking news points that we need to touch on. We'll touch on in the last segment again. uh, Tom Thibodeau, five-year, $40 million deal to be the head coach and president of player personnel for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, You know, it's... what do you think right away? You think young team, you think militaristic coach, right? Mm, hell yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he is. He's, he's a hardcore uh, defense defense. You know, he, he's all about making sure that you guys work together as a team and listen to what I have to say. You know, he's got his thumb on the guys even, even in Chicago to a certain extent. But I'm telling you, it's managing egos. So he's got to understand that because he's got a big one himself. Yeah, and, and this yeah, absolutely. And this <laughs> is a new journey for him because he came into a team that already had egos, Mm -hmm. you know, and these guys are too young to have egos. You haven't heard, well, that's not necessarily true. They actually have guys that understand their place in the NBA up to this point, three guys under the age of 23 that are making very, very huge impacts on the NBA. Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine is coming Mm -hmm. out of the woodworks and the number one overall pick last year, Carl Anthony Towns. So he doesn't necessarily have to deal with the egos as of right now, which is a good thing. He can shape these young minds, which is what he tried to do with the overpaid Derrick Rose, yeah. Joachim Noah that was set in his ways, and then Jimmy Butler coming on later. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I feel that he might be a little more successful in his run at it here just because of the fact that you brought that up. I think that, that uh, uh, right there, uh, he's going to be able to mold. He's going to be able to put his system in place. He's going to make sure that uh, they're doing what he's asked of them. And, and and some of that didn't necessarily happen where he was at before, and it isn't all his fault either. It'll be interesting to see him take this uh, different group of folks and see if he can't put them together in, 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 under his uh, tutelage. And um, I tell you, he's a good coach, man. He's really good. 
Yeah, and uh, the the monkey wrench in the whole thing is the GM choice, Scott Layden. Uh, not a household name. He's been assistant with San Antonio recently. He was m- most well known for being the vice president and GM, and then eventual president and GM of the New York Knicks. Uh, th- his overall record in his GM ship is was one sixty five and one sixty three. That you know what in this NBA that'll allow you to keep your job. Mm. However, if you look closer, when he was the executive vice president for two years, the record was ninety eight and sixty six. From two thousand one to two thousand three, when he was the president and GM, the record was sixty seven and ninety seven. So there's a little bit of polarization with that one sixty five and one sixty three record. He's most noted for trading Patrick Ewing. And given Allen Houston a six-year, $100 million deal when he was 29 years old. And this is way before the money that's come now. I mean, Kevin Garnett got that much money around then, but he was eons younger, comparatively speaking. So we'll see how he fits in. He's a Thibodeau guy, so we'll see how it works. But one thing that I will say is I don't think that they have much expectation in, in Minneapolis as of yet, which will work to Thibodeau's advantage. Do you agree or disagree? Well, and I think that's part of the decision to take the job. You know, you can take over a team that uh, is undefeated and there's nowhere up, you know, there's nowhere up, you know. So you got to make sure that you step into a place where you know you can make a difference. And I think he feels that he took a look at everything and said, hey, man, I really feel I can make a big change here. So I'm going to do just that. I'm going to come in here and just make sure that uh, I do what I know I can do because I know I'm a good coach. If these guys listen to me and, and, and I can make sure that they're on the same page that I'm on, I really feel that this can be a, a very successful place for him. Now, the expectations aren't huge. That's nice. That helps him out, gives him a couple, three, four years, you know what I mean, to really turn it around. That always feels nice to be able to dust that off. So Yeah, and, and the, the one lasting thing before we get to the playoffs is do you think that he will have a conflict of interest with himself being the president of player personnel and the head coach, because the head coach is moment to moment, and president of player personnel is seeing all for the course of a year or a decade. Well, in my opinion, I think it's just the ability to be able to control more than just the bench, to be able to, to control who you are, have in the game or have on the bench. You know, and, and, and I think that's important to him. He's wanted just a little bit more control to be able to say, hey, man, this guy's not working out or this guy is working out or can we get this guy? So I know that they did it down there, Pat Ewing or um, uh, um, uh, Patrick, uh, I'm drawing a blank down Miami, who's doing it? Oh, uh, Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Yeah. Patrick Riley. Pat Riley, he, he's done it his way. You know, he's had all that control. and He's, he's got to feel good to be able to, you know, do what he's done, put a person in the place where he's be. But here you got Thibodeau doing both. Now he's coaching, and he's trying to get it in there. And, and I know uh, Riley's done it that way as well, but uh, we'll see how Thibodeau gets along with yeah, it. Yeah, ask Stan Van Gundy how he feels about Pat Riley coaching and being <laughs> the president because he kicked Stan Van Gundy out and won a damn championship. <laughs> so Stan Van Gundy is still probably a little salty about yeah. that, I would expect. Yes. Uh, the other thing that just came across the wire, we're going to tease this now, talk about in the last segment, Scott Brooks' five-year, $35 million deal to the Washington Wizards. And the interesting part about this is everybody in Wizard Town thinks that this is going to be the last the last cog in the whole scheme to lure hometown kid Kevin Durant back to Washington. And we'll talk about that later. We'll take Matt we'll get see what we'll see what Matty Fish thinks about that too. <laughs> but we have to get to what's at hand now. Let's start with the 1-8 matchup, Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets. Golden State leads this series 2-0. Yeah. First game was a blowout. Second game was won by 9. Sands, Steph Curry, was dealing with a right ankle injury. Mm-hmm. He tried to go. It was too ginger. He walked himself off the court. And the rest is history now. So we go to game three tonight. 
in Houston. Still questionable is Steph Curry for tonight. If you were Coach Steve Kerr, do you try to sit him regardless, even if he's all systems go? Or do you say, hey, we got to win a series. The, the less amount of games we have to play to get to the next round will mean more rest on the back end. Which would you, which would you think? Rest him. Man, no you, might, what. you might be able to rest Clay Thompson too, by the way. This game's been, these games have been going. You know, I, I just think you rest him. I, he, he's got to be there in the future. Do they need him right now? No. They don't need him right now, and they've proven they don't need him right now. You know, he got 24 in the first half before he got injured, right? And ever since then, his ankle is all ginger, and I know how it is. And if you come back too, too early, it's going to continue to be ginger. So my thought is, is, hey, set him down one more, man. Set him down another game. And I agree. I mean, I, I'm devil's advocate-wise, I don't even, even have a, you know, a statement for it <laughs> because you are going to Houston. Okay, they do play better at home. Golden State, obviously, is the second-best home has the second-best home record all year this year, was almost undefeated to the last couple games of the year at home. The only thing that I'm thinking is this team is so mentally drained from trying to hit that 73, in my opinion, and you could see it towards the tail end of the, of the season, that mental rest is as good as physical rest this late in the season. I understand injuries happen, and they've been, they've been blessed by an angel, by the basketball gods, with having no real injuries over the last two years. Mm. And I agree. You sit him. But what happens if you lose this game and he's not ready for game four? Because this is the game that the home team wins when they are the more inferior team. It's the first game at home. And and, and I do feel they're, they're going to come out and really put a put a – a good game together. Uh, they Houston? have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Houston's going to have to put a good game together. They they don't. They may have to play perfect to beat Golden State. Uh, Golden State's cutting, back cutting, you know, setting picks, sharing the ball, hands in the uh, lanes, playing good defense, running the floor well. You know, you, you you've got Harrison Barnes playing well. You've got big old Draymond Green, who's a, who's a wide body and he's defending well. And you got Andrew Bogut, who does what he's supposed to do, and everyone else is filling the three point bombs in. You know. I, yeah, it's a lot to take away, and if you don't have uh, Steph Curry out there, but at the same time, hey, I think you rest him one more. Okay, and and one thing that I will say, I agree with you. JB Bickerstaff uh, was kind of put in a lose lose situation. The the coach that took over for for a big man from Boston. Why can't I remember his name? Well, what uh, Kevin McHale? Jeez, uh, took over for Kevin McHale ten games into the season. Uh, which was a ridiculous fire, but we don't yeah. need to get into that right now. We don't have much time with this. I don't understand why Dwight Howard only averages eight shots a game. Okay, He technically is, aside from DeMarcus Cousins, technically the most relevant, dominant big man in the NBA, yeah. yet they won't give him the rock. This was the same deal that he had in Orlando. This is why he left to come to L.A., and he thought he was going to get touches playing with Kobe, which he was way off on that. He's averaging eight shots a game. You have Andrew Bogut that can only really play 25, 26 minutes a game. Festus Azili's raw. He's more of an off-the-ball defender, Mm -hmm. blocking shots off the ball, a la Eldon Campbell. He's one of the best off-the-ball shot blockers in NBA history, even though not many people know who he is. He was traded for Kobe Bryant on draft day. What do you think? Do you think they need to give him the ball more down low? Well, I just don't know. He's playing kind of dejected right now. It's like he he's playing smaller than he is. He could be one of the best players in the NBA, one of the best centers. He simply is not. He's just not. He'll get the ball. He'll rebound the ball right underneath the basket, and he'll throw it back out top. He won't even look up at the basket. You know, it's just like, come on, man. Play like you, you're capable of playing. And, and I just – as time goes by, I'm less and less of a Dwight Howard fan. I tell you, I feel he's a cancer in the locker 
locker room sometimes. I hate to see it say that. Sometimes there's this big circus going on down there. You know, at the Houston Rockets this year, you know, you had the Khloe Kardashian thing, the Kevin McHale fire, you know, and then you got James Harden. You know, I tell you what, he hasn't been playing any defense to save his life, and sometimes I want to take the D out of his last name, Harden, and just call him Heron, because he doesn't have heart sometimes, yeah. man. He struggles. Come on, man. I want that D put back in there, not only on the court, but in your name. I want to, you know, and he's a local guy here in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and I know he went to ASU. You know, James Harden, I don't want to call you Heron. I want to call you Harden. That's <laughs> fair enough. And you're right. I mean, he plays. Ole defense would be a huge <laughs> step up from what he plays. Uh, and you look, again, at Houston as a whole, and it just looks like a team, and I agree with you, Dwight Howard seems dejected. Mm. And I think what he was going downhill was when Amari Stoudemire went downhill in my eyes, was, you know what, greats of the game, Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know what, I'm good. I don't need to work out with you during the summer anymore. I got this. You don't got this. Mm-hmm. You don't have any sort of low post game whatsoever, which begs the question, why would he? Why would they give him the ball down low? Because he's bigger than everybody else. Because yeah. he plays like a 7'3 guy. He's got... He's got twinkle toes. He can move around anybody. He's got a sweet spin move for a dunk. Mm. He has that sweeping hook that yeah. I would ha- I would do a better job at. But <laughs> you're a big guy. Is there some is there some tip that if you were on that bench that you would give Dwight Howard besides shut the hell up and play the game? Well, I tell you, the other team uh, sh- shouldn't go up to him and poke that bear. Don't go up and give him a reason to get mad. Don't give him a reason to start playing hard. And he'll just go ahead and just. Keep playing the way he's playing, you know. So if I'm the opposing team, I don't go in there and I don't give him a couple shots in the rib or I don't piss him off for one way or another. I don't make him really mad because you're going to poke that bear. And he could come out and dunk from 11 feet like he did in the dunk contest with the Superman cape on. He could do that. So uh, just let him just sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, really. Okay, we got to move on. San Antonio, Memphis, uh, yawn. This is the poster child of the playoffs so far as a whole. San Antonio uh, blew out. I think it was by I, it was over. It was by over twenty. The first game it wasn't close. The second game, obviously, Mike Conley's out. Uh, Marcus All has been out for pretty much the whole year. This is the Kawhi Leonard show. This is the Marcus Aldridge. This is the best situation LaMarcus Aldridge could have been in right now. Not even playing on the Spurs, but playing on the Spurs in a gimme series. He has never played an important playoff game in his entire life, let alone game as a whole. Nobody was going to win in Portland. Yes, they beat Houston last year or two years ago on a, on a Damian Lillard buzzer beater, but... Now it's giving him time to ease into the playoffs with a team that's a perennial first or second seed. They've won championships. They have the best head coach in the NBA. And now he's able to get his bearings in the playoffs. And this is the best thing that could happen to him. I see a sweep. I see a sweep, too. San Antonio's hitting on all pistons, and they're playing great defense. They're sharing the ball. They're playing what San, the type of basketball that San Antonio plays. You know, and, and the Memphis Grizzlies are injured, and I get that, and they're down. Uh, Kawhi just got Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's got awarded that the other night. Wow, how nice is that? And, and, and you got the depth of the Spurs, which is just completely overwhelming. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge is, is just too big. He, can't, he can score in a variety of ways. And it, they're good shooters there, but he got Memphis. You said it. Gasol's out. You know, Conley's out. You know, Zach Randolph is great. 
he's, he's not good enough, yeah. you know, to be able to overcome all that. So I, I don't know if you know, but Memphis had a 28-member roster. It's an NBA record this year for injuries, people coming and going. 28 different people have played for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, you know, you just – congratulations on making the playoffs, really, if you think about it, but it's going to end here. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I, Zach Randolph is only as good as Marcus Saul being on the court is. You know, it's yeah. – and I understand. Zach Randolph's a double-double machine. He's slowed down, but he could play forever because he doesn't jump more than two inches, and, <laughs> and he's a great position rebounder. But you need a guy that's seven one that could stretch – the the offense or defense it's it's a very interesting dynamic because they should be in each other the opposite bodies but they're not mm. so Marcus Gasol averages seven rebounds a game he's a Gasol and who would have thought the Pau Gasol would be a better rebounder than anybody in his family? Well, I, Memphis has to play the perfect game and play perfect basketball to win one game in this series. I don't see it happening. Yeah, neither do I. Moving on, Oklahoma City, Dallas. This is a fun one. You know, this is, it's not supposed to be a fun one, but it is because Oklahoma City is notorious the past couple years for giving up fourth quarter leads and, you know, pretty sizable fourth quarter leads. So when you have the ridiculous talents of Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant actually being in the time of their career where they have to prove that they can win or they're going to go elsewhere. This is not a good thing that they gave up a lead and, and lost to Dallas, let alone no Darren Williams. And Raymond Felton came out of the woodworks, had a monster double-double with rebounds, not assists. Yep. And, they, and they stole a game in Oklahoma City. This is going to be a true tale, a true telling tale, I should say, to use alliteration, to see what Oklahoma City will be like for the rest of the year. Game three in Dallas. Well, I know Oklahoma City won all the games in the regular season versus Val- Dallas. So they were 4-0 against them. But two of them were really, really close. They were within a point or two, if I remember right. And I tell you, when you got Westbrook and Durant doing what they're doing and Ibaka, and these guys are, man, they're playing good ball together. And Dallas has some injuries. I know David Lee, you know, his foot and J.J. Beret has got a groin. And there's a variety of different things that they have uh, issues on. I know Darren Williams is questionable, but I think he's going to play. And Nowitzki had a right knee contusion too his knees kind of torn up a bit but you know he's going to come out and play uh, I agree I think it's kind of fun to watch this game here this series here is going to be kind of fun but you know I tell you OK City's tough um, we'll see how it goes and I'm really I think you said it when they said they stole one uh, when they were uh, you know on the road there yeah no I, I agree and it's It'll, it's going to be a true testament to the fervor of Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook. And I'll tell you what, Russell Westbrook is kicking himself in the face for dishing that ball off the last second to Kevin Durant because everybody's telling him he doesn't pass in the crunch time. He gets, should feed the ball to Kevin Durant, and he got, his own, he got in his own head, made a pass that he probably wouldn't have made in a regular season game, and he probably would have just gone up, tried to get the foul, or lay the ball in because he can pretty much jump over anybody. L.A. Clippers, Portland Trail Blazers. Mm-hmm. Yawn. <laughs> Clippers, um, they're the better team. You yeah. know, Blake Griffin is slowly starting to get his his uh, you know his lungs back in, in NBA fashion, NBA game time speed. Damian Lillard, unbeknownst to me, there are no good guys, quote unquote, in the NBA in this in the NBA anymore with regards to being loyal to a specific team. Take Tim Duncan, take take uh, Dirk. It's a different thing. Kobe, everybody over the age of thirty eight. Okay, Damian Lillard took good money mm-hmm. to stay in Portland. He could have waited a year, signed a one-year deal if he was LeBron, and then got $200 million somewhere else where they had cap space. But he decided to stay. Him and C.J. McCollum are one of the backcourts of the future, obviously behind Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson, and then, you know, maybe uh, and, uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal out in Washington. Other than that, these guys have something to prove. They are hard-headed, and, you know, they played the Clippers tough, 
six quarters out of the eight collectively. Yeah. But there's no way they're going to win this series. And you know what? we got to take a break. On the other side, we will talk more about Chris Paul. Will he ever win a championship? And Damian Lillard, is he going to demand to trade a couple of years down the road? Matt Fish, Alex Clancy, you're listening to Re- uh, Rebound Radio. Rebound Radio, alliteration, I love it. We'll be back in just a minute. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Rebound Radio, 888-346-9144. Follow Mr. Matty Fish at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Follow me, Alex Clancy, at Clancy's Corner. We're talking all things NBA Rebound Radio premiere audition. Audition? (laughs) Edition. Edition. I I did go to school, I promise. Uh, We're talking Clippers, Trailblazers. We will tease Scott Brooks. Five-year, $35 million deal to coach the Washington Wizards. Is this a ploy to get Kevin Durant back? We'll touch again on Tom Thibodeau. Five-year, 40 mil to be head coach and president of player personnel for the Minnesota Timberwolves. The upcoming Minnesota Timberwolves, who will get another lottery pick this year, so they'll be fun to watch down the road. L.A. Clippers, Portland Trailblazers, we're talking about it's been a landslide so far. Clippers are up two games to love for all of our tennis folks out there. What can Portland do to steal one? Uh, they, too, have to play really a lot better than they're playing now. I mean, they need the, the Clippers need Blake Griffin to, to win. They need him back. They need him better, no question. And, and they get him back, like you said, get his lungs back. Hey, man, they're going to be tough all the way down. They'll, they'll get past, past Portland. You know, Portland's, they may get one up there, and the reason why I think so is because they have great fans. 
They have really good fans that will get behind them, but they're going to have to play very good, very well. You know, they're going to have to step up. They're going to have to play a lot better than they are. They're going to have to definitely uh, control the ball more, uh, control the paint more. They're just not doing it. And uh, they've Clippers are who they are. Uh, it's it's just been a battle back and forth. At the same time, Portland is coming up short, and they're going to continue to do so. They'll be lucky if they win one. Clippers are Peyton Manning before he won a Super Bowl. Great regular season. Uh, playoffs, not so much. I think Doc Rivers, and sorry, Doc, but I think he's the most overrated coach in the NBA. Um, with regards to him having an under 500 record before getting the big three in Boston as a head coach, and then the rest is history. Uh, the interesting part about the Clippers now is that they're looking at a date with Golden State. And if all things being equal, all things are equal, they're going to be playing Golden State going to game one in a week or so at Oracle Arena, and we'll see what happens with that. We, do, we have a caller, uh, Francis from San Diego. Is that correct? Hello? Hello, sir. Oh, well, okay, never mind. Uh, so, yeah, so <laughs> Golden State um, is going to be on the front door waiting for the Clippers to get through this series. Yep. Do you think the Clippers have any chance – in beating Golden State? Well, I tell you, they certainly need Blake to get back to where he's capable of being. You know, they've got, uh, I think, Jamal Crawford is the sixth man of the year, in my opinion. I think he's one of the best players out there. You know, he, he, he's somebody who's fantastic to, to watch as well. Can they uh, beat them? Well, they'll beat him a couple games, but I don't think they can beat the series if, if I was to give my early you know, thoughts on that. Um, um, the Clippers are well-coached. Uh, my uh, coach from UNC Wilmington, my junior and senior year, is an assistant coach for the Clippers under Doc, and uh, he, he's got high aspirations for them, of course. And, and if Kevin Eastman has anything to do with that, he, he definitely uh, says, oh, we're gonna, we've got the Golden State Warriors. Um, but I just don't see it happening. You know, the Warriors are, are doing what they're doing, and you get old boy back, you get Curry back where his ankle's feeling good, and, and, and they're just going to go ahead and – they may not sweep him, but they're going to get past the clips. Let's try this again. Francis on hold from San Diego. Francis, are you there? I am. Uh, hey, guys, uh, great show. You guys sound tremendous. Uh, it's good to have you uh, and, Matt, your knowledge on the, uh, on the radio. Thanks, Francis. Um, I got I got a question. I'm a I'm a lifelong Laker fan, and uh, we know that they've had trouble attracting talent. Um, you know, over the past you know several years uh, that they've been down. But my question to you, Matt, is: Do players look at the ownership? when they're making a decision because we, we always had Jerry Buss there and Jerry West and everybody could be pretty much assured they were going to field a competitive team. So I'm wondering how these guys are looking. You know, it's great to play in L.A. and, and the Lakers have the history, but are they looking at Jim Buss and going, eh, this may not be the best situation? I think the smart ones do. You know, there's those that are beggars choosers. You know, I was a journeyman. I was just happy to be on a team. But if you're somebody who's a franchise player and you have the ability to ha make a decision, do I or don't I, yeah, you take a look at, at that. You, you certainly see how the past has been and you try to look at and try to predict the future. You know, these guys, if they're not getting that information from their agent, you know, then, then their agent's missing the boat too. So I think it factors in, no doubt, Francis. I think it does. Well, and, and oh. I, I do have a follow-up for that. We have, we're, I'm sitting in studio with somebody that played with the Clippers. Yeah. So talking about bad ownership, you, did, did you ever have to deal with ramifications of Mr. Sterling? Well, it's interesting because when I was there, it's not like I sat down with Mr. Sterling and I found out that he's a racist. 
You know, that, that just didn't happen. Uh, but at the same time, you know, looking back, there were some screwy things, you know, that was that was going on. Someone wouldn't just maybe call it out now and everyone tries to look and, you know, retrospect and say, hey, yeah, yeah, uh, maybe he wasn't the best guy in the world to be running things. And now we've learned that he absolutely isn't the best guy. But there's also, if you want to talk about racism one way, there's the other. Then they start talking about Riddick, how he, you know, he, he can't play because he's not, you know, African-American. Come on, man. Where are we going to you know, skin this cat? This is crazy how he can just go back on his word and, and it, to me it was just frustrating to see it all go down like that now Francis I got a question for you give me your finals prediction before we let you go Spurs Warriors and I'm picking the Spurs against conventional wisdom okay so who's going to come out of the East the Cavaliers and who's going to win the championship the Spurs how many games Seven. You heard it right here. <laughs> Francis puts his foot down. I couldn't disagree more. Uh, Francis, thanks for calling in. Uh, keep right, tuning into the show. Keep, keep it up, guys. Thanks, man. Great. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, so Clippers, do you think this is a sweep here? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on. Eastern Conference. And remember, you can call in 888-346-9144 if you have any questions, concerns, complaints, uh, congratulatory remarks, whatever you'd like for Alex Lance here, Matt Fish. Cleveland and Detroit, Cleveland up 2 nothing. The numbers do not show how close this series is, though. You know, people are questioning the, uh, I've used the word earlier, the fervor of Cleveland. Are they still on cruise control? Do you think that they you know, should have be mopping the floor with this Detroit Pistons team? Another up-and-coming team, if I, can, if I can say that, with the great head coach. What do you take away from this series so far, Matt? You know, Detroit did well against Cleveland during the regular season, but you know what? It's playoff time, so it's totally different. Reggie Jackson and Andre Dr- Drummond are two that really need to show up if they, if they want to get a couple wins, but, you know, this is too. It's kind of heading for a sweep, and it's, it's, it's sad. I, it's, you know, when you say yawn, I laugh, because I want to see more competitive stuff going on, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I just don't see, I don't see Detroit being able to pick up the pieces. You know, uh, Kevin Love's never lost a, a game in the playoffs history that he's played in. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. So there you go. If Kev's playing, it's all good, right? Which I think it's like three or four, so... <laughs> I know I agree, and, and it's interesting because their four or five matchup they would face is either Atlanta or uh, Atlanta or Boston. It looks like it's going to be Atlanta. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it seems to be the easiest road to the finals out of any team out of the uh, out of all sixteen. And say what you say what you want, but LeBron got there with you know one leg of the three and, and almost stole an NBA championship last year. They should have been up three through uh, three one through four games, uh, but they gave up an overtime loss in the first game or two. I agree, it's boring. I mean, it's unfortunately it's boring, but I will tell you what, Detroit's got some pieces there, and I, I know it's not the most uh, exciting city to go to, but with that coach and with, that, it, with, with the amount of power that he has, I think they'll be relevant for a while, especially in the East when Atlanta and, and, and another, uh, a couple other teams fall off, including Charlotte. Let's move to Toronto and Indiana. This is another fun one. Toronto, uh, which we will talk about later, Matt Fish, uh, <laughs> lost game one. Uh, fairly handily at home, uh, Paul George is showing that he is Paul George still. And even though he snapped his shin in 48 million pieces uh, during his, during an, uh, uh, a FIBA uh, practice game, yep. uh, he's back. He's averaging 30.5 points per game, leading all NBA in playoff scoring through two games, albeit it's a small, a small sample size. But he's playing very well. They have some good guard play. They don't have a lot of interior defense or offense, for that matter. But they're doing... 
well with what they have, yeah. and they have stolen home court advantage from the only team that people have talked about all year that could steal the Eastern Conference crown from Cleveland. Do you think there's any way that Indiana can beat Toronto with all that back back uh, backcourt firepower and Valanchunas and a couple other guys up front? Well, you hit it right when you said Paul George has just stepped right back and did what he was capable of doing, and and I'm glad to see him come back. I was, you know, I was. <laughs> just completely freaked out when he went down with that injury, and and to have him come back and do what he's doing now, you know, I got to hand it to him that, you know, you got to understand after you've been injured for something like that, and you come back to a game, and you, you just kind of gingerly, you know, you're just kind of careful, you just are, and that affects your game. But for him to come back and, like you said, score 30 points, it's just, you know, good for him. Uh, it won't be enough, but uh, you know, good for him. And uh, you, I know Monta Ellis, I know that he had some personal issues, but he should be back and playing. And Ian, uh, he uh, or Ian, is that it? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had back problems, I think. But yeah, well, I think he's, he's back to play though as well. And, and again, you've got Scola, and you've got Lowry, you've got Demar Derozan. Yeah, these guys are really good. And they had the All Star game up in Toronto this year, and I had a chance to go up and 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 take a look at what these guys are doing. And they're doing it, man. North of the border, man. Yeah. We the North. They're doing pretty good up there. We are the North. It is cold as hell up there. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, the opposite of what hell. Is. It's as cold as hell is hot. I digress. Yes. Uh, you know what? This will be an interesting one. I'm not picking a winner here. I don't know who's going to win this series. I trust Paul George above everybody else that's on that court at any given time. He will be playing 38 to 40 minutes a game because they need him on the court to do anything offensively, really. And it's it'll be interesting to see if Toronto can bounce back because – They've always been the overachiever in the regular season, yet, uh, you know, they haven't shown much. Well, listen, Toronto— In in the playoffs, I mean. Well, Toronto had the second best— uh, record in the East, mm-hmm. right? So I'm telling you, they they are a good team. And and Kyle Lowry, he was averaging 21 points per game. You got Scola, and I said DeRozan earlier. Those guys can really ball, and and I got to hand it to them. It's good to see things up north, cold or not, getting it done. Canada can fly their flag high. Mm-hmm. They had a good season this year. You know, we'll see how this thing g- continues on. I agree. Let's move on. Um, Miami and Charlotte. You know what? Miami Heat have now become the Eastern Conference darling again. Mm. And it's really interesting because, I mean, there's many different levels uh, with this team. You know, you have Dwayne Wade, who seems to be uh, Tuck Everlasting at this point. You know, he drank from the fountain of youth. I don't know if it's because he took three years off when LeBron was there and or for whatever it was because, you know, LeBron played so many minutes and Dwayne Wade kind of, you know, took a bad seat, sat some games. Uh, and it was, it's interesting to see him playing substantial minutes, not, you know, 40 minutes a game, but he's still playing at a high level and he's not young. Yeah. You know, and the acquisition of Goran Dragic was huge because it took some of the scoring weight off of Dwayne Wade. They're without Chris Bosh, but enter Hassan Whiteside, who is going to be very, very coveted at the end of the year. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of money from somebody. And the, the Heat, they've had issues. I hear there have been inner working issues with him in the front office and the coaching. I'm not sure as to why he's not pegged a problem child, but he is young, and he's played everywhere. He's played overseas. He's done everything. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this group together because you still have Lou Aldang and you still and you got Justice Winslow in the draft, which could end up being a steal of the draft because he was probably the best player aside from Jill Okafor on the Duke team that won the national championship. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see the texture of this team moving forward. The Hornets, is there anything exciting to say about this besides Kemba Walker? Well, I tell you, I like Al Jefferson. 
I, I always have liked his game. And, and next year, Charlotte can hang their hat on the uh, NBA All-Star game being in Charlotte. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, so they can look forward to that, I guess, kind of like Toronto did as this year. Uh, as Unless of now. Unless it's moved, yeah. This is true. This is true. Um, uh, I know Bosch is back, though, after his embolism, right? I mean, he's, he's back playing, I thought. And I know D. Wade had 28 points in game two with his spin moves. And, you know, I, he did. He drank from the uh, – there was a while there when you were, you were wondering whether or not D. Wade was done. Well, I'll tell you what, he's not. He's not going to go away uh, quietly. So you're right. D-Way is back on track here. He's playing well. I believe Bosch is, is – is, no, Bosch isn't back yet. I just thought that he was going to be back from that. It's but, scary, man. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, when, when real-life issues come in, and this is the second year that's been cut short because yeah. of that. And all th- you know, everybody, you never want anything bad to happen to anybody. Of I mean, unless you're, unless you're a, a mean-spirited person, which I don't happen to be, and I don't think you are either. Uh, but especially in the world of sports, especially with a, an upper echelon athlete, you don't want uh, exterior, outside things causing a stoppage or a, sh- a shortening of, of one's career, especially a perennial all-star like Chris Bosh. Well, and, and things like that happen. I mean, that's all part of the game. But at the same time, I agree with you, too. You've got this wonderful talent who's worked his whole life, got up there, and you have something like an enlarged heart or some issue that, that you know, keeps you from playing a, a, a longer career. And, and believe it or not, you know, a, a career in the NBA, it's only two and a half years when you get right down to those that coming or going. And so it's a real short career. And, and, and of course, Bosch has been longer than that, but I'd hate to see it shortened at all. We've talked a lot. We've got a little more to talk about. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, 888-346-9144, Voice America Radio. I want to thank everybody who tuned into the initial installment of Rebound Radio. Matt Fish and I are super excited, aren't we, Matt? Absolutely. This has been fun. Yeah, and we're going to have a lot more exciting things to talk about. We're going to have guests every week, yep. uh, former NBA players. Mm-hmm. We're going to give away pri- – will, I will be damn sure that we give away prizes at least once a month on here. Uh, feel free to follow Matt on Twitter at Rebound Talk yep. and then Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner. Check us next week, Thursday, 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. For Matt, I'm Alex. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.